gorgeous Georgian goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We roll it! What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes coming at you here on a Thursday. It's July 28th, ready to get right into it. Got an hour to spend with you uh, here on Fight Week. UFC 277 takes place on Saturday. Goes and I will be hosting a watch-along on Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. We'll be with you for a total of nine fights, five on the prelims, sorry, four on the prelims, five on the pay-per-view. So, again, join us Saturday night. Tell your friends. It's going to be a blast. And we will even have an MMA bobblehead to give away. All right. On today's show, we're going to talk to Anthony Pettis, who's got a fight coming up at PFL Week 7 2022, the playoffs. He faces Stevie Ray in the main event tomorrow night. They are in New York City. And we're also going to talk to comedian Joey Diaz. He says he's got maybe a, a couple plays for us for UFC 277. And you know he's bound to make us laugh as well. That's the funniest man on the planet. All right. Uh, aside from that, we'll catch you up on the latest news and uh, everything else going on in this wonderful sport of ours. We'll be right back to start the show. All right, goes. So they're down there in Dallas, Texas for UFC 277. There's been some pre-fight press conference stuff going on some embeddeds have been dropping a tuesday night contender series is in our back pockets uh what do you where do you want to start i think i always kind of tend to steer the ship but is there anything you wanted to immediately pounce on uh yeah a little bit i want to sure. talk about the new rules abc i think that's right. kind of a cool thing it's something that we're constantly asking of our sport some kind of evolution right some account some accountability um I think we got a little bit of it. Some of it is duh, but yeah, I mean, at least something, right? Something. Yeah. The two biggest ones, according to the headline and what I read was um, the changes for the American association of boxing commissions and combative sports. Eye pokes now can be addressed for five minutes. It may seem to you like that was already in play, we know that the groin strike, you get five minutes. Right away, the, the referee will go fighter A, the, the, the fighter that was kicked in the nuts, you go over here to this neutral corner. Fighter B, you go over here to this other neutral corner. Five minutes. He, he clearly says that. And, of course, the fighter usually can, you know, usually shakes it off before then, but they have the five minutes. When it comes to the eye poke, the they're, they're, it has them, that has them in the case. Now, in the last few years, it looks that way because most referees agreed that you need time to shake off an eye poke. You don't just need to end the fight right then and there because the person can't see at the moment. He's usually telling the truth. Man, I can't see. Like, give me a sec here. For one, just get out of my face. Can I just shoot some water in my eye and let me rub it and I should be good to go? Because remember, the fighter's thinking, oh, man, training camp, weight loss. I'm fighting. I may even be winning. And now this bullshit, like they just want some time, right? So now it's going to be an official five minutes. But what they used to do is they'd go fighter A, you got poked in the eye. They wouldn't say that part, but the fighter A, I'm trying to explain, 
the guy that got poked in the eye, you go over here, fighter B, go over here. And then he'd go back to fighter A and go, hey, listen. He goes, just shake it off right now. Um, I, I saw what happened. Don't worry. You got some time. Just shake it off. Don't talk to your corner. And then he'd kind of walk slowly to the other corner. What the ref was doing, he was, he was buying time. He'd go to the other party and he'd say, hey, just kind of stay over here. Relax. I got this. Let me go see what's going on. And if I have to, maybe I'll have the doctor come in. But uh, let me go check on him. They need to go back to the other guy. And so he, he he's just buying time, right? And then he'd look at him and say, how you feeling? Okay, take some deep breaths. You're going to be all right, you know? And he's buying time. Now, I wouldn't get them to the official five-minute point, but they would buy as much time as possible until they'd go, tell you what, let's get the doctor to come in here, and he'll uh, have a look, you know? And so then the doctor would come in, and, and he'd even pull the doctor to the side first. He goes, first, I want you to examine him. See what you think. I really want to keep this fight going. <laughs> it was a funny, funny process to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they'd get it to about the third minute where it didn't look like, okay, this guy's buying time. Like, you know, back in the day, man, you got some girl you weren't supposed to be messing with, and you tell the roommate, hey, 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 go out there and, and buy some time while we get our clothes on or whatever. That's what that guy's doing. And um so now they got the full five minutes to play with before the doctor goes, can you see? And then the, the, the fighter has to say, yeah, let's go, or I can't. And uh, I think that's a great thing. Yeah, I don't want to shit on it because it's a good thing that it got done. But big fucking duh, right? Like this is something that probably should have happened a long time ago. What I'm hoping to get out of this is I feel like everything that's coming out of this is going to be positive. I don't think anybody's going to go, oh, man, fucking giving them time, or, oh, the sleeves, come on. Like They're not going to get much resistance. And, and so they're going to get some praise, I think, from people for getting together and solving these issues. Um, what I hope it does is sort of open the floodgates as far as having more communication, more times where you go back and say, how can we make things better? Right. We want this like in our own world, in politics, in, you know, in Congress. We wish this would happen more often. Um, but in our sport, there's a little bit more control. But there are a lot of egos, just like there are in everywhere in, in life. So I'm really, really happy. That's why I wanted to lead off with this, because I'm really happy that people were when you help create a sport and you set some rules. I can see how when people come at you a little bit. Um, well, where were you 10 years ago or where, you know, that, that type of talk. Um, I'm glad that egos were checked, that people want to make the sport better, get together and make these decisions. And hopefully these meetings can happen a lot sooner than later. You know, like there are still other things that I think we can take a look at as far as judging and all that ways we can come up and solve some of these problems that we have. And this is a very good step forward. Yeah. And so when Goes mentioned the sleeves, that was the other big, another big change was the neoprene sleeves that will be allowed on ankles and knees. They can't have any padding. They can't have any metal, but uh, they will be allowed. As far as tape, that's only allowed from the upper body upwards. So the wrist is usually where you'll see it. And, um, but yeah, the sleeves can be worn. Um, I think you can do a lot with it. Honestly, I think it'll pretend. I think it'll protect you a little bit from mad burn, or it could hide um, 
maybe not necessarily like an injury, but maybe protect an existing cut or something like that. Um, so obviously that that one isn't as big of a deal as the eye poke. I think the eye poke is the big one. So that's cool. As far as will the judges and the referees suck, which is the word others use, I, I don't tend to use it too often. I think they make mistakes from time to time, but I think we have great judges and refs. Um, yeah, that that part will always linger because that's just more of a subjective thing. I always use the the, the Miss Universe contest, but we can use like a goes and I have been to um, you've been to the one right goes the the car show here at Mandalay Bay. What was that one called? Barrett or something? Mm-hmm. Like that? Huh? Or, yeah, Barrett. I've been to Barrett. Yeah. And, you know, you can be over there looking at the muscle cars going, wow, man, look at the 67 Shelby Ford Mustang, whatever. And I might be at the Lamborghini side, you know, but they're both great cars and they're both fast cars. It's just two different types of cars. Uh, same thing with an MMA event. You know, just two judges could be looking at at. at at things differently somebody might be very impressed with a nice one two three piece combo and that soda the other guy might be going but did you see the judo toss or, or the wrestling with the ground and pound so you know will they change that i don't know will we ever be able to change it i don't know because after think about how many years the nfl's been around with proper referees that work for the nfl that's their exclusive job to only do that and and they get together and change and tweak rules, and we're still pausing games and replays. And hell, there's times where they'll announce the replay decision, and the man upstairs, who also used to be a referee, goes, "Well, I wouldn't have done that," you know. And then the NFL sometimes makes some sort of a statement the next day. But you know, this this utopian world that a, a lot of people strive for, it ain't out there, man. You know, and so that's why it's just you're just gonna be let down from time to time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they had guest speakers like Dean Thomas, Jake Ellenberger, King Mo. They were all out there in Niagara Falls. It's a five-day event. And uh, some of the highlights are on MMA Junkie if you want to go. I, I will tell you there's long YouTube videos. Uh, that So this is something you can just spend the whole day listening to, skipping through some stuff, I imagine. But there's a lot to listen to if you want to check it out. All right. So uh, a couple things here. As far as UFC 277, got to get these reminders out. The watch-along starts at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. There will be a pre-fight show, a preview show, I should say. I guess technically it is pre-fight. 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, and that's hosted by Farah Hanoon, our colleague at MMA Junkie. She'll be back in the saddle, and she'll be hosting that. Uh, hour-long preview of UFC 277, so it's even before the early prelims kick off. I think you'll enjoy it, and she usually has one of our other colleagues jump on and uh, towards the end, and they maybe make a few predictions or, or last-minute bold pre- bold predictions, I guess, of what may happen or what to expect, so check that out. And, and then again, Goes and I will join you for those featured prelims 8 Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, all the way through the pay-per-view. Remember, if you don't get the pay-per-view, we'll tell you what's happening in real time. So you can't beat that. And moving on here through some of the news, um, I guess, you know, old Dana White is back at it again, goes. This time he had a little bit of a go at Dan Hardy, Leon Edwards, and anyone else that critiques the Hamzat Shemaev versus... Uh, 
versus Nate Diaz. Uh, Nate Diaz fight, right? Uh-huh. And this shouldn't be that big of a deal, but this guy makes it a big deal. I guess the media does ask him to react. He's willing to go out there, I think, after every Tuesday night contender series. And they ask him, and he always says, I'm an open book. I'm going to tell you what I think, you know. And guess what goes? He does. How many times has someone said, what'd you think of that fight? And he'll tell you, oh, that one kind of sucked, you know. So why can he critique, not necessarily Edwards and Hardy directly, but I'm saying fighters. Well, fighters can't critique his matchmaking. Because what he said was, stick to fighting, leave the matchmaking to us. You know, and of course, he had to go with the media the other day for the criticism of his gift of $250,000 to uh, Kyle from the Nelk Boys. Jeez, I say I sound ridiculous even saying that because I don't think I've ever caught one of their shows other than maybe highlights. So I'm acting like I know them. But it's a young group of fellows who are successful. Hats off to them. They have a YouTube channel and a podcast. And uh, if you don't know, Dana White gifted one of them $250,000 about a month ago. He only got asked about it recently because, remember, he took that two-week vacation in Maine, so nobody saw him at UFC 276. So it wasn't until he got back. In fact, he missed the fight night afterwards. So he gets asked about a month later on the Pat McAfee show, and he blew up. I don't know why Dana's blowing up. He said he came back from vacation relaxed, you know, mm-hmm. he relaxed and ready to conquer the world. But yet you could tell these little things are are, are uh, nipping at him. You know, it's funny because when you asked me, what do you want to start off with? It was between these two topics. It's so weird because I feel like I come off as a Dana White hater and a UFC hater sometimes. But I actually like him. Um, he just has this weird, this weird way of communicating. I think he just, uh, if you guys have ever seen, like, you have to remember, he endured a lot of people shitting on him probably for a very long time before this sport actually blew up. And so when that happens, you kind of carry a lot of that resentment. And, and, and he gets attacked by a lot of different people, right? So I understand why he's defensive. My only issue is his the way that he deals with it. I think just he doesn't think it through, I think. He needs to have somebody next to him that says, nah, it's not a good idea. Say this instead. I really don't mind Dana White that much. I just think the way, like if you were maybe even like a little bit more honest and just kind of embrace just what you do and what you say, people wouldn't really come at him, but but he has this weird way of like, you know, like we mentioned the other day, how are you going to post something on social media and then get mad that people react to it? That's what social media is all about. Technically, so, did he post it or did the Nelk boy post it? I don't remember who posted it exactly, but he allowed it, right? Yeah, he did do the gifting in front of a group right. that that's all they do is put out their, their stuff. So, yeah, I get that part. So it's silly. And so these fighters, like, George is right. You know, okay, the media, you're crazy. Fans, you're crazy. Fighters, you're crazy too. I mean, the well, so who's fucking sane here? Just you? I mean, come on, man. Like, we all kind of get it. I, I would say just embrace it. You know, when people go, man, that's a terrible matchup, say, I, I don't know. Well, you know, we gave Nate Diaz a lot of different options. Uh, this is one that, a fight that we felt like was very interested, where people would be interested in it. Are you not going to tune in? You know, like, just leave it at that. You, you just don't have to sit there and try and pretend like 
there weren't other options, there weren't other ways of handling things. Uh, we all get it. We're, we're not stupid. He told Hardy and uh, Edwards to go to the movies and not watch it if they don't want to. Um, we'll all watch it. A fight's a fight, yeah. bro. But we'll even watch Diaz versus Nganu. But he's his own worst enemy. He's like a I mean, I don't have a kid, but I imagine if I did, you know, and he was anything like me, there'd be like, uh, who put Cheetos in the dog bowl, you know? And then your little five-year-old comes up and goes, it wasn't me. And he's standing there. And he's got a little bit of orange on, on his lips. You know, he's been eating them. And then his hands are behind his, his back, right? And if you go, let me see your hands, they're all orange as well. It's like, bro, he says, you try dealing with the Diaz boys. All right, tell you what, you host MMA Junkie Radio with Goes. I'll go do your job and get paid a million eleven million dollars a year. I'll easily deal with the Diaz brothers because all I have to do is offer and extend, offer and extend, and they can never leave. Diaz just happened to outfox this guy for once. You know, he really usually can't because of the leverage that they hold. Now, did he say Nganu and was he serious? I, I'd probably doubt it. Did he say Usman and he was serious? Yeah, that's where you go. No, he's the champ. You haven't been competing much in this division. Who next? Now, I know publicly Diaz has been into the Dustin Poirier fight, right? That was makeable for 255ers to fight at 70, to fight at 55, to fight at 57 and 0.25, whatever the fuck. But that one could have done well. It could have sold tickets for him at UFC 279 in September. You know what I mean? It could have done a lot of things, but Hamza just beat Gilbert Burns. That, that, therefore, he just made himself an actual viable title contender for the winner of um, Edwards versus Usman. He doesn't need really need to be dabbling with Diaz. Of course, he'll do it because he's young, and he says, you know, I, I like to eat, so I'm just going to have a little bit of fun with this guy, and then I want the winner of the other matchup. But there was so many other possibilities, and again, it's the stuff he says in the process of trying to defend himself where he makes it worse and worse and worse. He forces us to, to have to bring these things up. Right. And then you, so obviously a big deal in the sport right now is fighter pay, right? And that's something that if you're Dana White, you just don't want to hear. You don't want people bringing that up, right? Because it's got to do with you. You're driving Lamborghinis and, and nice cars and going on vacations. Uh, so you would imagine that the last thing you want to do is post a video of you giving $250,000 to a guy that people probably feel more than likely didn't deserve it. There's just ways that you could save yourself a headache is all I want. That's all I would sit him down and just say, look, I can think of a bunch of ways that you could just save yourself a headache. These are them. This is true. Vince McMahon, who just retired, I don't remember doing him doing A, that much media, and B, that many stupid things. I mean, sure. His the end was was pretty dumb because I guess four women came out and said, "Oh yeah, we've been having affairs." He paid us, you know, money, and and so that's that probably was what led to the retirement of Vinnie Mac. But um, yeah, like, dude, come on, man, that other fight was right there for the taking. Nobody was asking you to make Ngannou versus Diaz. I don't even think he was serious. So, but yeah, but I'll gladly take your job. You know what I mean? Because. I thought one of the best things he ever said was when he was when fighters were kind of holding out for money and he said, Hey, listen, we couldn't come to terms with them. That's it. And if you want to fight, call me up. We're making fights. We're moving the schedule, blah, blah, blah. Cause he had leverage. Now with ESPN, the fight nights do well. The arenas get sold out. The pay-per-view sell, you know what I mean? Like everything's just chugging along. He really has all kinds of leverage 
Now, he can't ever say that because that would sound terrible, but that's why I do defend the UFC. They just really don't need to pay fighters that much more, honestly, because the business formula works. Mm -hmm. So, but they, I don't think they could ever say that. The problem is years ago, he compared himself to the big leagues and he said he wanted to be right up there. And so now when people go, hey, well, the NFL goes 50 50 or 48 52 or 49 51, so does MLB. Those guys are kind of making a lot of money. And now you guys are, you know, saddling up next to them. What what's what's going on here? Why are you guys down in the eighteen to twenty percent? You know, I remember when the when the company went public, a lot of this stuff became official, and, and especially through a lot of litigation too, with some lawsuits, a lot of that stuff's come out. So that's where it kind of looks bad. But again, he's free to run his business however he wants. It's just it's going to come with a lot of questions and criticism and, and things like that but you know i i really do understand goes that um he just doesn't need to pay more if that's the market that's just happens to be the market now fighters can also be their worst enemies when they do media and go yeah you know that last fight i barely even trained uh it just wasn't me i was having personal problems oh yeah but you were trying to negotiate a 10 million dollar payday you know what i mean like seriously uh i i think both car both parties could do more do better publicly yeah and it's such a select amount of fighters that can actually do those things that have that type of leverage right it's not every fighter right uh i don't know colby covington can't threaten to go box jake paul or do something like there it's only just a few of them just deal with those guys and leave it at that don't bring attention to jake paul to all these other different avenues of revenue just remember you're the ufc you're the big dog I don't know, man. It's just, you know what the damn shame goes? Is just like John Jones not having fought the last three years. That's a that's just a damn shame. You know what I mean? Like I don't know if he But has the UFC lost money? Nope. That, that's the thing. And that and that's like that should be something that fighters look at and go, holy fuck. Okay. Right? Can they do that forever? Probably not. But uh but they can hold out longer. I think where they blew it, honestly, was letting the fighters feel like, like, you know, going back to what I was saying the other day, I may have been on Triple G, but they never agreed to USADA. They probably would have, you know, if they all collectively as a group voted. I bet you there would have been more, more votes for yay than nay. I think most people wanted to kind of, kind of clean up the sport. Um, but same thing with Reebok. It's always like, this is what you know this is what you're doing this is what you're wearing and and things like that and so they they kind of never have a say and so finally when fighters did start making a little bit more money and having a little bit more control then they became you know harder to deal with but then when the ufc came right back over the top with espn and realized we don't need any of these fighters we can make a ton of money it's just that when we do get jones and diaz and mcgregor and a few other on the handful that that can move move the needle it's just gravy, you know, but that company will make a lot of money. If McGregor never fights again, UFC is going to make a ton of money. Diaz brothers, if they never fight again, after the Hamza Shemaya fight, that company will still make a ton of money. However, when they do fight, it is pretty, pretty special. And, and you know, arguably, it's probably the value of six pay-per-views, you know, all the income that that all the revenue that's generated by just one big fight between 
a handful of those special athletes. I think Nganu Jones had heavyweight. That would be tremendous. And, of course, Diaz McGregor 3. He even said Diaz McGregor 3 it will be no big deal if they never do it again. Bullshit, man. Like, why did he say that? You know, that's just him again. Too much pride. Like, there has to be a point where you go, even possibly. Yeah, you know, it, it appears that way. Um, you know, Dan Henderson, Fabrizio Verdum, they came over from Pride. Technically, Dan Henderson started off in the UFC, won a tournament. Then he went to Pride. When they came back to the UFC, they actually left it for a while and went to Strike Force. And guess what, goes? They still were able to come back and cash tremendous checks. Fabrizio actually won a world title, and Dan competed for a world title. But they headlined and did all crazy things. It's not the end of the world to leave the UFC for a while and go do your things, you know, write out your contracts or whatever. The UFC has shown that they're willing to do business. Tito Ortiz, same thing. You know, they they wanted nothing to do with that guy. Randy Couture, nothing to do with that guy. BJ Penn, nothing to do with that guy. They all were able to come back because it does wind up being a business. So if, if that's what Nate Diaz chooses to do, they could still do Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz. And I'll trust me, man, I'll find this soundbite. When they asked him if, if he feels terrible that they didn't do the third, he goes, no, no, I felt like we did the first two. We did great. You know, it made it sound like it was no big deal. When they come back and they do do that fight, I'm telling you, he is going to be jerking off, man, mm-hmm. you know, to how great this part three is going to be, how inevitable it was. I don't know. All right. It's time for our guest. Our first guest of the day is former WEC and UFC champion. Anthony Pettis. He competes now for the PFL and he's in a semifinal against Stevie Ray, who actually submitted him uh, five weeks ago. So they're going to run it back because of the way the standings ended. Pettis was in first, Ray was in fourth. So it's one versus four, and it's Friday on ESPN at 7 p.m. Eastern. That's the official start time for the main event. So we'll be back with Showtime. What's going on, Junkie Nation? We're back with Anthony Pettis, former WEC and UFC lightweight champ. Now he's in the playoffs for the PFL, face of Stevie Ray, this Friday on ESPN. Don't forget to tune in at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. My man's in the main event. How's it going, AP? Can't complain, bro. Just uh, back in training camp. The whole year, I've been in a pretty much a whole training camp for the whole year. Quick, quick, quick. And the rematch is quick, quick, quick. Are you glad? Because sometimes... When it's it's out there too long and it's a it's a replay of a former fighter, it's like, you know, I know a lot of fighters get bored, right? Because they want to train for different types of styles. Yeah, man. Honestly, it was weird training for this fight because last fight I was already guaranteed a playoff spot. So like my mindset going into that fight was kind of play it safe, make sure I don't get hurt and get to the playoffs, you know, without any injuries. Um, and Stevie Ray just caught me in a submission, bro. Honestly, something I haven't seen before. Yeah, and you know. It really looks like I'm not trying to kiss your ass, but it really looks like you have been so focused in 2022. Like, you know, when you're posting pics, you can tell that you're in like some of the best shape you've ever been in. Yeah, most definitely, man. I've been like I started camp in December. So, I mean, this is probably one of the longest training camps I've ever been in Um, with this with the season format. You kind of just got to stay in shape and, and stay close to weight because uh there's no time to like get big and try to cut weight you know five weeks between fights six weeks between fights is pretty quick 
Did you step it up in strength and nutrition as well? Sorry, strength and uh, conditioning, like, or, or was it nutrition or a little bit of both? A little bit of both. I think I started uh, running a lot more than I used to. Um, I started training with Jorge Capetillo and his boxing team. And, you know, we run every morning, 6 a.m., three to five miles. And on Saturday, we're doing the mountains. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm staying in very good cardiovascular shape. Mm -hmm. And then as far as the Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you're very decorated on the ground. I mean, you've won titles, you know, because of your jiu-jitsu. No one will ever hold that against you. Is it something where you just have to go back, tighten things up? Like, is it something maybe you had put off to the side or or – or do we just have to give enough credit to Stevie Ray that he, he he delivered when it mattered? Yeah, honestly, you just got to give credit to Stevie Ray. I think uh, what what I did is I posted a, a escape the week of, the week of the fight. I posted an escape that I hit everybody with Charles Oliveira, Nate Diaz. I'm talking about the who's who of of, of you know grappling. Tony Ferguson, um, a back escape that I always do. I posted it um, and I said it works every time. And I know Stevie Ray was watching my IG because he had a he had a little a trap for it. Honestly, so when he took my back, I would look for my escape like I always do, and he. He set up a body tw twister type thing. I don't even know what it was. He just had a really good body triangle, and he cranked my neck in a in a way that I've never I've never been in that position before. Anthony George said it. You know, this year you've you've definitely changed your mindset. You've uh, your training. Does really much have to change here in a rematch? And do you anticipate your opponent trying to change anything up? Now nah, you know what I, I'm gonna be more aware of his ground game. I think the, the crazy thing is I initiated the takedown that led to that submission. Um, you know, I, I think I was winning the stand-up. You know, first round I was kind of picking him apart, playing rangy, um, and then that second round is when I went for that 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 outside leg trip. You know, it was kind of a sloppy one, and we got in like a scramble position, and he took my back from there, and that's kind of what, what what led to that submission, man. So I think I'll be a little smarter in this this uh, this fight, um, more cautious in on, on my on my takedowns, more set them up better. Um, but I think you know when it comes to the striking, I was I was really doing very well. Could you say maybe a little bit of you is in his head because in the striking you were winning that that and that's where the fight starts. Um, like you said, you feel like it was just a mistake. Do you think that could be in his head as well? Well, I think it's I'm already in his head. You know, I, I know guys when they fight me, they, they they bring the best of their ability, man. Like he knows what a win against me could do. You know, I got him a, got him in the playoff spot. He's in the main event. You know, uh, you know, on this Friday. So uh, I don't think he's going to be underestimating me. You know, he's he's trying to go. He's, he wants he wants the, ch the championship just like I do. Um, I just got to be a little more smarter on my approach. Can you talk about mentally what it feels like to get the season part over? I know a lot of people stress over that. Now the playoffs start. Is there a little bit of, of, of a release that comes when the when the playoffs start? And what's that yeah. line for? Yeah, I, honestly, I was a little, uh, a little complacent, you know, because I already knew I was in the playoffs. And that, that fight was kind of just like I had to get through the fight, really. Like, you know, I, I looked at that fight like let's try not to get hurt. Let's play it smart opposed to let's go finish this guy and get the job done. Um, and, you know, it backfired on me. You know, I, I played into his game. Uh, he had a great a great trap set up for my back escape, and um, I don't think it happened again. Anthony, I do want to follow up on something you said. Goes kind of repeated something similar as well, that we were watching the same thing, and it appears you were feeling the same thing. The stand-up was in your favor. Why did you go for that outside trip? Um, trying to put something in his head or or – uh, because it looked like the recipe was working. Yeah, I don't know, man. Honestly, like when you're when you're in the moment, um, you know, our game plan for that fight was to keep it safe. You know, my coaches and myself, you know, we we're like, let's get out there, let's get, let's get, let's get, let's. If we finish them, let's finish them, but let's play it safe and not get injured for the playoffs. And uh, you know, I I know on on in the PFL you can't elbow on the ground, so it's a, it's a pretty safe spot. You know, if you can get on top of a guy and 
um, you know, avoid submissions. And I, that was probably what went through my head. You know, I was like, let's get on top of him, win the round with the takedown. Because I thought I won one round with the striking already. Um, uh, you know, and it, it backfired on me. And, you know, it's, MMA shit happens, man. It's crazy. Like, uh, one mistake can cost you the fight, as you can see. Yeah, man, this should be a great event, uh, great main event, a replay of what just happened. Let's finish with this. Everybody was wondering, and I'm sure you've already been hit up. The, the salaries were released. Amazing payday for you. Hats off to you and your team for negotiating that. Um, have other fighters reacted to you? Like, you know, because that, that that's one of the higher sh show purses with, you know, flat fees that we've all seen. Um, yeah, you know, I got some fighters asking questions about it, but I, you know, I have a great management team, Melky with first round management, you know, he's been taking care of my career for a long time. Um, you know, when I left the UFC, obviously it was going to take something you know, that, that made sense for me to leave the UFC and the PFL came with an offer that I couldn't refuse, man. So, you know, um, you know, they're, they're, they're doing a, a great job of taking care of their fighters. They're, they're building up a, a great organization, honestly. And, uh, I see them, you know, uh, competing with the, the best organizations in the world right now. And they're, they're right, they're right there. Yeah, and you know what? My hat should be taken off to them as well because they went after free agent and they apparently went after uh, aggressively, and that's very, very impressive. We got to give them their due. I do want to finish with this, though. Um, you know, for a long time, and I don't agree with this, but in this sport, the, the promoters, mostly Dana White has said, well, well, we like to keep the salaries private because the fighters don't want because a lot of people are going to, you know, the hanger-ons, he calls them, people that are going to be hitting them up for loans. I've always felt that's kind of BS because I see it on all the major sports. The salaries drive the salaries for the future generations. So how do you feel? Like, I mean, did, did you feel like you, you wish that wouldn't have been uncovered? Or are you okay with it? No, I'm okay with it, man. Honestly, I'm glad it was uncovered. You know, like even my little brother moving to Bellator, he made five times the amount of money he was making, you know? So I think both of us, a lot of guys looked at like the Pettis brothers, like, oh man, they're, they're leaving th this organization for other organizations. They're not as good as they were before. Like, you know, kind of talking down on our moves and, you know, Sergio's making five times what he's making in the UFC. I'm making, you know, a, a great amount of money. I made, I made great money with the UFC as well. So I can't, I can't say it's a, a times amount I made, um, you know, but like you said, UFC keeps their, their discretionary bonuses silent, you know? So I got a lot of locker room checks that, that were, you know, awesome as well so uh, you know i can't really say nothing bad on, on my on my behalf but knowing like to see what my little brother made you know to move over to bellator and how much his contract went up it's it's, it's honestly it's amazing that's great all yeah, right I think goes does, does have one more so yeah i want to i want to end on a fun note man because we're always serious with our questions that we ask you but you've been around george and i we're brothers you and sergio are brothers all right i'm gonna name some sports you tell me one you think maybe, just maybe we could beat you at. You ready? Me, like me and my brother or just myself? No, you and your brother against me and my brother. Oh, okay. Tennis. Can we get you at tennis? No. Badminton? <laughs> maybe badminton. I, I, don't, I don't know the rules of that game, but I, once I find the rules out, I probably, you probably, probably can't mess with us. Darts? I'm good at darts. Ping pong? Oh, I was just playing ping pong at the PFL. They had a table out there. We were, all week we were playing ping pong. Mm. Mm. Well, I want to ask Ricardo Lamas about a little <laughs> uh, matchup we had recently, but okay. Uh, how about pool billiards? My dad was a billiards master, bro. So he passed on skills to us. I mean, even we can even play that pool game on the iPhone. I've been playing that against Melky for you know a thousand dollars at a time. My age. <laughs> <That's fun. laughs> yeah, so really? you got one in on that, man. Just just text uh, me the game. One K a game. Wow. Uh you'd put it on the hardest level without the thing. Hardest level, yep. We only play an expert level. You can't you can't play on the, the beginner level, otherwise we won't we won't we won't bet on that. I can do beer pong. I'm good at that. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe beer pong. Serge, Serge went to college, so he, he's a little better at beer pong than me. I didn't go to college. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, eating at buffets? I think we got you there, right? Can see. Man, oh, no way, bro. Sergio can eat his ass off. Really? My little bro, my little bro man, he, uh, he, him and Stan Chen from Toyo Tires had a taco eating contest at Javier's here in Aria, and they got some big-ass tacos, not like the little street tacos. He did, <laughs> he did 14 tacos and queso fundido. No problem. Wow, but we've, you've seen our jerseys hanging at Texas State Brazil, right? Like, we're, we're nah. the Kings, bro. Yeah, for real. <laughs> dope. My, one of my one of my teammates works there, Carlitos. He's a boxer. Um, so yeah. I'm not that about it. All right, man. Yeah. Well, we just got caught bullshitting. We don't have jerseys hanging there, but we're impressive. <laughs> but Sergio sounds like he's a beast. But you know what? No, um, the thousand dollar thing. Can you tip us off? Who's got the lead, man? Or is Mel it pretty Mel even? Now, nah, Melky got the lead. He got. I think. Uh, but I was in Mexico when I was playing them, so I was drinking beer. <laughs> So we, we gotta have a rematch when I'm when I'm not drinking beer. The worst is when you get like a text message or your finger slips. Oh my god, man! No, I mean these games are serious. Yeah, it's my I, I turn I turn my phone on airplane mode when I'm trying to figure this one out. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Thanks for the time, man. Always good to catch up with you. Good luck on Friday. Thanks, we'll bro. be tuning in. Appreciate it. All right, see you. Speaking of money, <laughs> um, yeah, man, that that. I'm glad he was able. I'm glad he was comfortable, you know, answering a couple of those questions. And and um, you know, like he said, other fighters have kind of said, "Hey, yo, what's going on over there?" Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I know I said that. I'm not a fighter, but I looked at those. My eyes almost popped out when I saw he made some fifty just to show. No big you know, deal. No pressure, you know. And and guess what? I thought Anthony's come in good shape to both fights. So a lot of people, when we're doing our interviews, unless you watch them on YouTube, you can't see their demeanor. Anthony hardly smiled that entire interview. Even when we were joking around and it seemed like he was having fun, he hardly smiled. That dude looks dialed in. Um, I think he's going to turn things around here in this fight. And I think he'll, if he wins this fight, I think it sets him up for a good chance at winning that million dollars. I, I, think, uh, I think he was a little embarrassed at what happened. Yeah, and that would be look if he made seven fifty for the first fight and seven fifty for the second fight, I imagine this one pays seven fifty. That's two million two hundred and fifty thousand. And if he wins the final, that would be another million. That'd be three point two million mm -hmm. in one year. Holy cow, what a year that would be for him. And it would be another title to go along with WEC and UFC. That would be a tremendous year. Trust me, goes how the World MMA Awards, which I want to talk about as well for 2023, will include Fighter of the Year Anthony Pettis if he's able to pull this off. Now, of course, m the money part shouldn't make it. It's more based on performance. But I'm just saying he'll get talked about it because of how prestigious it'll be to hold a third major belt. And, of course, you know, him – Cashing the big checks, people will enjoy talking about that. But, you know, I, I guess it'll be more. And then it also requires you to fight four times. So that that's that's going. I guess he would go three and one technically, but still winning the title might might um, overshadow that loss. Yeah. Um, World MMA Awards goes. So congrats to MMA Junkie and Mike Bond, both nominated in different categories mma junkies nominated in best media source so please go out and vote and i know you guys think i'm not serious but i am 
even if you don't vote for us, just vote because you might go, nah, you know what? I, I, I like someone else better than Junkie. But once you're in there, you might go, but I'll tell you what, Mike Bond's a monster. I'm voting for him. You know, it's just great to get as many votes as possible across the board, get this show to be even bigger. WorldMMAAwards.com is where you go. The voting is underway, and it runs until September 30th. And so what you need to take into consideration is the period lasting from July 1st, 2021, so a little bit over a year ago from today, until June 30th of 2022. What does that mean? It means the fight between Israel Adesanya and Jared Cannonier that happened on July 2nd of 2022, two days after this voting period, you can't take that into your consideration if you were to consider him for, for anything, you know, for whatever awards he may or may not be up for. Remember, July 1st, 2021 through June 30th of 2022. But um, that being said, here are the nominees for uh, a few of the different categories. I don't know if we have time to do the whole thing, but the Charles Mask Lewis Fighter of the Year award goes, or not goes to, uh, the nominees are Alexander Volkanovsky, Johnny Eblem, Charles Oliveira, Islam Makashev, and Francis Ngannou. Female Fighter of the Year, Juliana Pena, Chris Cyborg, Kayla Harrison, Valentina Shoshenko, Raquel Pennington. Uh, should I just bla blast it a few more years, or do you want to give an opinion on those? No, I just blast through. Well, we'll probably dedicate a show to it, huh? Breakthrough Fighter of the Year, Ty Tuivasa, Matthias Gamrault, Patty Pimlet. Oof, that's going to be tough to beat. Molly McCann and Johnny Eblen. International Fighter of the Year, Alexander Volkanovsky, Roberto Soldik, Matthias Gamrault. Islam Makashev, Hamza Shemaev. I think it should be Volkanovsky just for that one because mm -hmm. he's the only champion I see. Remember, even if Islam wins in October, the voting period's done. It, it ended on June 30th of 2022. This is going back a year. But I know that the Russians have big fan bases, and this is all fan voting, so that might be a, a, a two-horse race between Shemaev and Makashev, although maybe they split the votes and Volkanovski sure. gets Somebody it. Who knows? Yeah. Fight of the year. All right, this is interesting. Prochaska versus Teixeira. That's a good one. Gagey versus Chandler. That's a good one. Volkanovski versus Ortega. Nah. Uh, yeah, Volkanovski just it's kind of pulled away. Yeah. No way. Yeah, that wait, 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 wait. Volkanovski versus Ortega. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was thinking Volkanovski just fought, but he fought Max Holly. Sorry. Right. Um, Hamzat Shemaya versus Gilbert Burns. That was pretty good. Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez. That was pretty good. But goes, it's gotta be between Chandler and Gagey or Teixeira and Prochaska if you're all about title fights, right? I think I lean towards Teixeira. And Prohashka, just because there was a title on the line. Uh, the other one was yeah, just... Be tough to beat, though. Those are two big names. Yeah. Yeah. Knockout of the year. Oh. Chandler versus Ferguson. And don't and don't go, oh, that's it. Done. Case, case, case closed. 
You also have Ignacio Bahamondes versus Roosevelt Roberts. I got to go look that one up, but I don't remember it. Sergio Pettis versus Kyoji Horiguchi. That was a spinning back fist or elbow. But I remember Horiguchi was basically winning 4 nothing. I think, going into the fifth. Molly McCann versus Luana Carolina. That was money, man. That one's going to be tough, too. Roman Feraldo versus Robert Turnquest. Bell Tour 271. Here's the problem. Bahamondes and Fernaldo, they may have two of the greatest finishes we've ever seen once we go back and see them again. But the popularity of the McCann and the Chandler uh, knockouts is going to be tough to beat. What mm -hmm. do you think? Yeah, popularity wins these a lot. You know, the fans are the ones that are voting on this. So uh, that's going to happen. Regions, like you said. But what tends to happen in those situations, uh, fans split votes too. So who knows? I think Chandler gets this one, man. His competition, I think, was a higher level, meaning Tony Ferguson, a former interim champ, than Luana Carolina was to McCann. But only fans is popular for a reason. Men like supporting women, you know, and uh, for their endeavors. So it could be that a lot of people are just give me the meatball. I don't know. I, I think I would vote for Chandler. And I just think they're both great. I just thought the way Chandler turned off Ferguson and the way Ferguson just collapsed and and like I say the the high profile fight that it was that one's tough to beat. Also, too the the actual KO like. If somebody tells me Michael Chandler's going to KO somebody, I usually expect it to be with his hands. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, let me see here. What else we got? Comeback of the year. Sergio Pettis versus Yoji Koriguchi. Okay, see, now that one really has a, a really good chance because of what I said earlier. Carlos Barza career. Yeah, maybe. I mean, dude, I think our first title was almost 10 years ago. So for her to come back. You know, and take the long road. She didn't get no shortcuts. They made her take the long road. But the fight sucked. That's the problem. Um, Clay Guida versus Leandro Santos. I'll have to go back and check that one out. Uh, Aljamain Sterling coming back from that neck injury. Yeah, you know, he, he, he took a lot, of a lot of naysayers. And he, he, yeah, he took a lot of shit like Go says. Um, Chris Curtis career. Ooh, yeah. And if you guys only knew the story there. That one may be it, man. That one may be it. I don't know. That one will be interesting. I mean, because he retired and on many occasions. Um, hell, he retired at a PFL at Mandalay Bay when Magomed Magomed Karamov knocked him out or decisioned him. I can't remember. And then he comes, then they're then they go back into the locker room and they're told. He can't continue. You want to fight Cooper? So he literally unretired because I think mm -hmm. he had already said he was retiring, and, and, you know, at least he did in the locker room. You know, it's not like he filled out official paperwork or anything like that, but I think in his mind he was retired. He comes back out, and, of course, Cooper retired him. But I think he even so threw his mouthpiece and everything, right? Like, didn't he have to borrow somebody's? Yeah. And he can laugh at this story. He can actually laugh at this. It's not like we're punking him, man, because he came back – to the UFC. Well, no. He came back and won a bunch of regional fights and then he came back to UFC went 4 and 0 as a middleweight. This last fight is outside the betting window or voting period. So, it's a hell of a comeback story. All right. Um upset of the year. Oh, come on. Peña versus Nunes. That's 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 probably it, mm -hmm. but there's Pudzanowski versus Mikal Materla at KSW 70. 
Matthias Shuffle versus Bruno Capazzola. I'm going to have to try and remember that one. Uh, is it me or is Capazzola in some barn burners all the time? Yeah. Uh, Parrish, Ben Parrish versus Christian Edwards. I'll have to see that one. And Seika Izawa versus Akaya Hamasaki at Ryzen 33. No. Yeah, man, it's going to be Pena Nunes. All right. Best promotion of the year. It's always going to be the UFC. They just have too many fans. But hey, keeping it real, have they? Do they deserve it, or would you tip your hat to KSW, Cage Warriors, PFL, or Bellator? I mean, you always want to tip your hat to them for things that they've done, but it just doesn't. It doesn't mean that the other one. I mean, you just have to look at it. It's as easy as this. Like, if you can only watch one, which one do you keep? Right, that's the best one. Yeah. I, okay. Let me let me go to bat for PFL. We asked them to sign free agents. They did. We asked them to be competitive with uh, free agents or sorry, pay. Obviously, they proved that. You think the PFL, by the way, when Pettis's uh, thing came out, you think they were like, "Oops!" Like they they were happy with that came out. I bet you. Yeah. They kept their free agent and Kayla Harrison. You know, they renegotiated with ESPN because remember the ESPN deal was over. They renegotiated with, with them, and guess what? They've been on ESPN. Um. I don't know. I'm. I, I'm. It's going to be tough to beat the UFC, but I'm saying like, now what do you ask of the UFC, and they, do they deliver? Well, uh, the price, the the raise in in uh, pricing to watch the sport is kind of expensive through the UFC. Dana White will say, hey, that is through ESPN. I don't like it. I tend to believe them, but the fact is, it's happening, and um, their cards are usually pretty good. Um, I don't know, but yeah, of course the UFC we're, we're probably spending too much time on this than we should have. It's just gonna be tough to beat them. So, uh, leading man of the year: Dana White, Scott Coker, Peter Murray, Graham Boylan, Kenneth Brown. Kenneth Brown leads IMMAF. By the way, what do you think goes? Gotta be Dana. Okay, referee of the year: Jason Herzog, Mark Goddard, Mike Beltran, Mark Smith. And Keith Peterson. Whoa, no Herb Dean. Huh. Well, uh, I'll say this. The easy way for me to determine this is always if there's a big fight, whose decision-making do I trust the most in that situation? It's Jason Herzog. Not that the other one sucks. It's just I, I just I tend to uh, agree with him more. Yeah. Analyst of the year, Paul Felder, Michael Bisping, Dan Hardy, Kenny Florian, or Dominic Cruz? See, the thing is, I guess you're talking about their analyst work, right? Because one thing is being an analyst, like, obviously, we're, we're leaning on the X's and O's. But that job has kind of evolved a little bit into you have to also entertain. If you're talking X's and O's, it's hard to beat, it's hard to beat guys like Dan Hardy. It's hard to beat Dominic Cruz. But if you're asking for somebody that can do both, I kind of like I think Paul Felder's improved a lot this year. I think I think uh, in this time period. Who do you think will win? Probably him. I think Bisping's going to win. But, yeah, I like Felder, too. Um, shout out to Kenny Florian for definitely, you know, I think he's been a great addition to PFL, so I'm glad that he got nominated. Uh, personality of the year, Laura Sanko, Daniel Cormier, Chael Sonnen, Joe Rogan. John Anik. I mean, I think we all 
are pretty sure Joe Rogan's going to win. But mm-hmm. who, who, do you, who, in your opinion, deserves it? Uh, you know, I like the fact that through what she does, Laura Sanko has continuously evolved her job and improved it. And now we even get to hear her call fights. So I'd probably give it to her. Yeah, and her saucing on that pre-fight show was hilarious. Mm-hmm. She really took one for the team there. Um, Cormier's a beast, too. Don't get me wrong. Um, Charles had a bit of a, a rough year, so you don't see him too much behind the camera other than the stuff he does with Bad Guy Inc. John Anik, the ultimate professional. Um, I think he could probably win another category, but I think it's just going to get be hard to top Joe Rogan. Best MMA programming, UFC embedded, Dana White contender series, MMA hour, Joe Rogan MMA show. Or uh, morning combat. Hard because I don't I don't think these they're doing the same thing. They're all doing something different. Yeah, I would say you know once you see UFC, it's tough to beat them. But I think morning combat took this thing down last year. So, um, and that man, I don't know if Joe Rogan was in this thing last year as well. But anything attached to Joe Rogan just makes the fans go nuts. So. I see that being the two-horse race, UFC Embedded and Joe Rogan. But again, respect the morning combat. They did pull it off last year. MMA Media Source of the Year. I mean, I can't be a hypocrite. You see those four letters, ESPN, tough to beat. But, of course, I'm voting for Junkie. I I really don't get that one either. It's aligned with the promotion. And, yeah, I mean, you're going to hear about most of the big names. But do you hear about everything? Oh, right. What sport are you following, UFC or MMA? MMA Journalist of the Year, Ariel Hawani, John Morgan, Shaheen Al-Shadi, Aaron Bronstetter, Mike Bond. Gotta go with my dude. Mike Bond? Yeah. Yeah. Former colleague John Morgan left us a few months ago. He's with the underground. Um, Man, we've been with him for like 15 years, almost 14, something like that. But yeah, but right now, you know, that's one thing we've always stressed on this is we're junkies, we're loyal, and we wish him the best. But yeah, I think I have to give my vote to to Mike Bond. And Mike Bond's a beast, man. He's just so underrated, honestly. Mm-hmm. Now, that said, it will be tough to beat Ariel Hawan. He's just got this tremendous following, you know. Uh, all right, let's get to Joey Diaz. We'll go over some of these other uh categories on monday show um follow him on twitter like i said like like i've always said at mad flavor super hilarious he's got his youtube channel uncle joey's joint bring on coco All right, Gorgeous George and Goats are back with another legend from the show. It's comedian Joey Diaz, the funniest man on the planet. What up, Joey? How are you? How are you, my friend? Good morning. Thank you for having me on the show today. Yeah. So listen, right before the show, you were telling us, you ain't flying anytime soon. Fuck no. Fuck no. They're making fucking fools of the American fucking public. I'm done. (laughs) They rape you, and then they delay. They rape you. Listen, 
When, let me give you an example. I'm a fucking airline nerd, okay? What that means is if you call me and go, I'm having an event in San Diego, even if you didn't invite me, I'll go online and see what the tickets are. So I've always had a fair, you know, understanding of pricing with tickets. Let me give you an example. American Airlines. If I take American Airlines to New York or Chicago, I don't get upgraded because there's people higher than me. Do you know what they want for a first class ticket to New York from LA right now? How much? Much. $6,300. Really? Really? Go look. American Airlines, LAX to Kennedy. They want 40 something for business and 1500 flat to sit in the back with fucking convicts. That's a lot of fucking money, guys. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing in LA I want to see for fifteen hundred fucking dollars. Nothing. All right. Well, All right. we're we're, we're anxious break. to see you in Vegas sometime soon. Hopefully in the next year or so when things get tightened up, you know. In the winter when things slow down a little bit and flights are back on track. I was thinking about going to Skankfest in fucking uh in Vegas. So I'll keep you guys posted. All right. All right. Um, um we got UFC 277. We haven't talked to you about the fights lately. You keeping up with the game or what's up? This is a big so pay-per-view. The game, I told you, I've been, I, like this week I didn't watch the fights. I was with the family, but I watched the Yair card. I fucking had uh, the chick who beat Misha Tate. I didn't like betting against Misha Tate, but I got mouths to feed. You know what I'm saying? And Exactly. Uh, exactly. I've been watching. There have been some great cards lately. I was telling you, it's been great, so. This week, I'm looking forward to Amanda Nunes against uh, my little fucking uh, savage. You know, I'm looking at this fight, and I'm going, this is a real fucking barn burner here. I don't know who's going to win. The slight edge is to Amanda because she's been champion, you know. So I think she'll win, and then there'll be a trilogy or something. But maybe not. Maybe Juliana will just come out fucking throwing punches like you did last time she's tremendous yeah amanda's yeah, minus man. 290 juliana pena's plus 220 and uh i thought these i thought these girls were going to get me really excited through the ultimate fighter and i watched a few episodes they they were just too friendly and this could be a tremendous rematch for both of them you know especially because juliana, juliana likes, to, likes talk. to talk and and but it I don't know. At the end of the day, of course, I'm going to tune in. I follow the sport. I love the sport. But I thought this could be even bigger because of the magnitude of the upset last December. I watched a couple of those episodes also. I watched the heavyweight one the other night. And it was really different. I hadn't watched Ultimate Fighter in years, you know. And it seemed very different. It seemed very peaceful. It wasn't uh, Chael Sonnen against fucking that crazy Brazilian, you know. <laughs> Fucking uh, rampage, kicking doors. Nah, it was pretty, you know. So we've evolved. We're not fucking gorillas no more. Now we walk on two feet. You know what I'm saying in the UFC. So yeah, yeah. All right. So you like Amanda then? We'll put you down for Amanda. Yeah. I'm not what about bet the farm on Amanda? I'll bet it to watch the fight. You know, but I could change when I watch the card because as I'm watching the card, you start thinking. And you know all three favorites aren't going to win. We've seen this. So if one favorite goes down, then you know how to. So it's always, when I watch the fights, I always live bet on DraftKings. Mm -hmm. Okay. What about Kai Car France 
from New Zealand versus Brandon Marino from Mexico. And again, the odds here are Brandon Marino minus 220, Kaikar France plus 170. Kaikar France's gym's been on fire, man, with Volkanovsky and, and, and Israel Adesanya, but Moreno's a former champ. Moreno's a bad motherfucker. I love Brandon Moreno. And uh, I'll bet him. I'll bet him. I don't know how big, but I'll bet him. You know, I got to go with my Mexican brothers. That dude is puro Mexicano. I love him to death. So I'm going with Brandon. Okay. Now, we also have the Black Beast. He's back. Derek Lewis, former two-time challenger for the title. He's going to be fighting Sergey Pavlovich, who is a Russian that's up and coming. He's won like 15 fights. He's only lost one. But somehow or another, it seems like Derek pulls through. Who do you favor in this fight? The odds again on this one are uh, Sergey Pavlovich minus 130, Derek Lewis plus 102, almost a pick em. I'm going to lean towards the beast because I'm a fan. You know, I've been thinking about him a lot because it's been hot lately. His ball's been sweating like a motherfucker. Because <laughs> my ball's been sweating. We're both chubby dudes. So I'm going to lean towards the beast, even though I don't know. That fucking Russian is tougher than nails. You know, he's tougher than fucking nails. So I'm leaning towards the beast since it's a pick em. You know, it's funny you say that. I saw your message the other day, you know, your motivation on social media, powder them balls, it's going to be a hot one. It's funny because when I went to Brazil a few years ago, I went with a buddy of mine. And every time I walked into the restroom, you know, we, we shared a hotel room. I could see all this powder, you know, I'm like, what the hell's going on? You know, I thought he was maybe doing the yayo or something. And he goes, nah, man. And and uh, this was 20 years ago. Ever since then, when we get to the summer, I start powdering them balls. It's true. It helps. It helps. It helps. Because I get shaked, too. I get sweaty down there. You want to keep it clean. Three showers. A little <laughs> Manscaped ball deodorizer and your tip-top magoo. Yeah. yeah. And the worst and the are worst. those baseball games or those long days. I saw you at a baseball game the other day. And I was like, oh, man, he's got to be suffering. It was fucking hot, but I got a water icy, a water fucking Italian ice in Philadelphia, and I had like two of those, and they kept me cool. It was a great game, but it was hot, but I wasn't that hot. That's the crap. It was great. I even had a margarita. I had a $20 frozen margarita. Fucking tremendous. Wow, 20 bucks. That's at the stadium. You got to do what they got to do. Now, do you just give him a handshake, or do you also leave a tip, or do you just get work for the 20 bucks? No, I give him a tip. Oh, okay. We were outside. We were outside. He came over. I was hot, and he goes, I got Tito's, lemonade, and frozen margaritas. I go, give me one of those frozen fucking margaritas. It was delicious. 20 is my limit. I don't know if I can go over that, so I, I think I tend to give them a wave. That's their tip. You should have charged me 18. I would have given you the two. I, I gave him, like, three or four. Listen, man, when you're at a game, you're fucking dying. They got, it's like being at the airport. You got to pay 10 for the water. What are you going to do? Drink out of the fucking sink? <laughs> the ball. So there's not much you can fucking do. Goes, what do you got for Uncle Joey? Joey, so from so, the, when we first started we first talking started to you, talking. Uh, the names that we throw out in the sport now are so different, right? When we first started talking to you, we're talking Rampage Jackson. We're talking Randy Couture, Vanderlei Silva, BJ Penn. Which one of which of those people from the old school do you miss the most? Miss the most. Anderson. 
I miss Anderson. I miss uh I miss Chuck. Mm-hmm. I always liked Chuck. I was a big Chuck fan, you know. I miss a lot of those guys. I miss John Fitch. I miss GSP like a motherfucker. You know, I miss the whole fucking San Jose crew. You know, Free Kane Velasquez. You know, I love those guys up there. I miss those guys. You know, I miss, uh, and a lot of these guys are getting older now too, like George Mazdava. You know, a lot of those guys are starting to phase out a little bit. The new blood is coming in, and, and that's great. I love it. I love it. But I miss my Chuck. I miss I miss a lot of that shit. You know, I miss Anderson. I miss uh the other fucking lunatic that he kicked in the face. Vitor. 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 Yeah, I miss the old school, but the new school is great. It's move this sport is moving fucking fast, Jack. And it's really great to see, you know, people just moving up. That's it. It's great. This is life, guys. Evolution. All right. Let me ask you this. So this Amanda Nunes, Juliana Pena fight. Big upset in our sport. You mentioned GSP. He had one against Matt Serra. Where do you rank this upset in our sport? And which one? I'm sorry. Uh, Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunes. You know, man, I don't know if it was that big of an upset. A lot of people saw it. A lot of people saw Julianne coming. You know, we've the good thing about the sport is that we've seen how it evolves, right? Like somebody's champion for a while, they up there for a little while, and then it's that one fight that they lose the the card, the the fucking crown, whatever, <laughs> and then they come back. You know, and then they're back in the struggle for it. So I don't think that was that big of an upset. I think the biggest upset to me was like Holly Holm and Ronda. Mm-hmm. That was fucking crazy, and then a Nuna, a Nunez and Ronda. That was a you know, that was fucking. But Holly Holm, Ronda, uh, the guy from Long Island when he knocked out Anderson, Weidman. You know, those are all like superb. Like you just sit there and go, "What the fuck happened?" You know. Yeah. So, this is what this sport is about. You know, it's not really upsets. You just see it coming when you do. You can't stay on top for that fucking long. Not everybody's Khabib, you know? Yeah. And it's Khabib. Big time. Yeah. Joey, it's great to see your face. You look really, really happy ever since that move to the East Coast. I'm glad things are blowing up for you. Folks, you can catch Joey Diaz twice a week, Uncle Joey's Joint. Go to youtube.com forward slash Joey Diaz. Of course, you know him on Twitter at mad flavor and on instagram at mad flavors underscore world joey anything on the way out i got tickets going on sale today i'm doing a residency in new york city that's why i'm not traveling guys Mm. once a month residency at the sony theater on 46 and 8 off of times square you might get stabbed going there but it's going to be a good fucking time (laughs) you know what i'm saying it's sponsored by my weed company so it starts september 17th and tickets go on sale today at lunchtime, 12 o'clock noon Eastern time. It's uh, sonyhall.com. Press and code Diaz to unlock the tickets today. Like, oh, wow. For, you know, this is for MMA junkie people. Anybody who's going to be in New York. I had the five dates on there. You get tickets and uh, they're cheap tickets, 40 bucks. So 
knock yourselves out. You know, that's I have my people and I want them to have fun. And they got to get babysitters and shit. So I'm keeping my prices fucking low. That's why I saw on the gram you were smashing a steak in New York, New York not too long ago, right? Where? You were smashing a steak at Wagayu or something like that? Oh, no, no, no. That's in fucking Jersey. Bro. Oh, that's Jersey. Okay. That's all right by my house. I, I got look fun. good. Dog, they put, you know, they, they built this area up so people didn't have to go to New York to eat dinner. So they've got, if ever you guys come here to the Newark Prudential Center, I could take you to an array of fucking restaurants that'll make your little asshole curl up. <laughs> <laughs> El Nido, okay. fucking Cousins, fucking, oh my God. Uh, the one you saw was a YU State from Cousins. Mm, yeah, that's good. Nice, medium, well. Some spinach for the dick. But <laughs> old man, I gotta keep that fucking pogo stick alive. Do you miss the Mexican <laughs> food from LA? Oh my god. Oh my god. There's a place here that sucks dick. I don't know what, what part of Mexico they're from. That food is terrible. But if you go to Freehold, they got some real they got one Mexican joint that's fucking real down there. Mm -hmm. They got everything. So I try to visit them once a month. Good stuff, Joey. Burrito and a taco, but I love you guys. Love you too, man. I can't believe we're still here, guys. Talking about this shit 10 years, 20 years later. It's great. Yeah, it love is. What you guys have done and uh, how you've grown with the sport. You guys are the real fucking pioneers. Fuck Thank all the sports writers that don't know dick about MMA. <laughs> Thank you, man. We appreciate that. Have a great day. Thank you for having me on. You too. All right. Love you too, buddy. Take care. Take care. <laughs> The uh, audio was a little rough, but um, he's in good spirits. Then that that lifted me up. That he's he brightened up my day. His appearance, yeah, I mean, so he's a good guy, man. He's always fun to talk to. Mm -hmm. Um, we're running out of time here, folks. But I did want to bring one last thing up. Sean O'Malley, you know, he what's that? I'm saying. Oh, I thought you said something. Sean O'Malley did an interview this week, and I was a little disappointed. Goes, this guy's kind of been good at holding the line and negotiating on behalf of himself. So I kind of support him for that, right? Mm -hmm. Now, at the same time, he does say some silly things like, well, unless you give me tougher pay or tougher competition, no, better money, then I'm just going to languish down here, you know, with the common folk. Uh, now, he, now he obviously gets the number two guy and Peter Yan. And I love that fight. He's all in. You know, now he's like really trying to leapfrog a lot of fighters. But if he gets it done, how do you deny him a, a title shot, especially as popular as he is? However, he says he's getting paid the same as he did for the Munoz fight. And remember him? He wanted to get to that point where he's making a million dollars a fight. But I guess he didn't really bother with the pay or who knows what. Or, or maybe he was already pleased with the pay. The part that bummed me out, though, it was actually pointed out by Simon Samano, our managing editor. Sean O'Malley was on, and he said, um, well, first of all, he was talking about, you know, Dana White told Sean Shelby, are you out of your mind? When Sean Shelby proposed O'Malley versus Peter Yan, he said he wasn't too taken about a back of that. And... Um, He's just going to have to prove him wrong, I guess, that he is ready. And that's fine. You know, you don't really want to pick too much of a fight with um, with the with the president of the company. 
So that part was probably smart, but Simon Samano pointed something out. He justified not asking for more pay. I think because he had just gotten the pay bump, but then he said um, he's just grateful that the UFC gives him this platform to sell his uh, MMA merch or his merch, so his merchandise. And I'm thinking, like, yeah, I suppose. But what Simon pointed out was just replace UFC with NFL, NBA, MLB, and imagine those athletes being like, I'm just grateful for the platform the league gives me to make real money doing other stuff. And I was like, you're so right, because LeBron, Mike Trout, Tom Brady, those guys wouldn't be saying that or even worrying about that why because they're closer to the 50 50 cut which makes them multi-millionaires you know and mm-hmm. um, that's the part where we do look a little bit silly and especially a guy with pink hair you know what i mean just uh i don't know like I, that that is the part where sometimes we do kind of look like a little bit of a traveling clown show you know compared to the other big leagues yeah, that's. I mean, look, we're this is our job. We're into this stuff, so we pick up on those things. I just don't know how much like the average Joe cares or or does that type of stuff. But really, when you sit down and break it, break it all down, like for as much as the sports come around, for as much as the Fertitta brothers and Dana White turned it around, it's still a clown show sometimes, you know, compared to to other stuff. But uh, there's a part of that that I think people love as well. It's a niche sport still, you know, and it's uh, it's like Comic-Con, you know, like it's like Comic-Con. It's like WWE and but it doesn't mean it's not popular. But is it like even EPL, man, just (laughs) how tremendous the moves are over there, the money, the you know, we're still a ways away from that. But here's the, the pushback I always have with my buddies that sometimes joke around you know and say oh man that's still a clown sport or whatever okay you got me there in some regard but um i think the same could be said for nascar and golf and tennis like they, they're kind of niche as well however what what i will say is this when a saturday night fight night comes out especially a ufc pay-per-view all those other athletes i named they're watching our sport so that that's I think that's one thing I am pretty proud of. You know, Tom Brady, LeBron, all them guys, they watch our sport. They get together. That's a fight night, and they wish they could do what some of these athletes do. So I will defend our athletes and our sport in that regard. Yeah. Folks, don't forget, on Saturday, Goes and I are hosting a watch-along for UFC 277. Check it out, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific is when we pop in. A shout-out to our colleague, Farah Hanu. She'll be hosting a preview show at 5 Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, along with Goes. He's going to be producing, handling the ones and twos. So uh, enjoy your Saturday with us as you watch the fights. Don't forget, we'll be giving you an MMA bobblehead away, courtesy of MMABobblehead.com. So jump in there and watch the fights with us, maybe win a prize. And, uh, yeah, we're out of here, man. Check out embeddeds that are going to be coming up. It'll all be on MMA Junkie. Everything that comes out of the press conference, it's on MMA Junkie. Everything related to PFL, it'll be on MMA Junkie. Um, We have, you know, coverage of both the pfl and of course the ufc throughout the week so keep it locked on mma junkie check out all of our socials on instagram twitter youtube uh, facebook 
and however it is that you like to go and consume your social media we have a presence there and we can make it easy for you to click a story or two and uh, keep up with the sport all right we are out of here we'll check you out on saturday go out there and be a champion <laughs>